Radio Influence, podcasting redefined. Welcome to Live Bold and Boss Up. Today, we have Brian Kornfeld here with us today, and we're chatting with him about his success because he currently right now is the either a co-founder, a CEO, or founder and CEO of three companies all at one time. And I think that's amazing. He's the co-founder of Synapse, the COO of Communities, the founder and CEO of Popcorn Apps. We're just excited to dive in to your brain right now and figure out how do you how you do what you do. Welcome to Live Bold and Boss Up, Brian. We're happy to have you. Thank you. I'm exhausted just hearing that. So <laughs> it's uh, uh, no, I'm looking forward to to diving in. And if you can find out anything interesting from my brain and pull it out to help, I'm all. I'm always always happy to to hear some of it. Yeah, no, I'm excited about this. I'm- As Ash was talking, I'm like, how is that all even possible? There's multiple motivations that come from it. And the Synapse role really takes up probably about 95 to 98 to 120% of my my work schedule. Um, That's one that I'm so passionate about, this innovation community and growing the innovation community and being uh, centered around the innovation community and what can happen in the state of Florida. I have a lot of pride for the state that... uh, uh, it really does take up the majority. Um, Popcorn apps is something that I launched around 2013 uh, and I have kept open as a software development organization, uh, really helping people that have an idea, but have no clue how to get started and don't have a hundred grand to get started. How do you get your idea off the ground? Um, And and that got launched based out of um, my own trials and tribulations of wanting to start companies and always running into fears. Uh, fear of technology, fear of cost, fear of failure, fear. There's a number of things and a number of reasons people say no before they want to start a company. And and the two that really always stood out to me was technology and cost. People were afraid of building what, not sure they could build the right thing and that it was going to cost too much. So going through when I first launched my first business, um, it was an app that people told me would cost me $150,000 to build. I figured out how to build it for somewhere around $7,000 to $8,000 and and figured there was some other type of uh, enterprise around this or or company around this that could really help others who are in that same boat as me uh, get from point zero to point one. Um, and, and that's where Popcorn Apps came from. And now it's taken on some other lines of consulting and go to market strategy and analysis um, and, and working with some organizations along the path, but um, still stays off on the side, still uh, have a couple of clients active all the time and, and running with it. That's awesome. And, I love that. So I thought it was really cool that you started that because I feel like so many times people are like, oh, I have this great idea, but how do you even like start like where do you what do you do where do you go so you can help them kind of take those initial steps and kind of guide them in that direction and put them in touch with the right resources absolutely whether it's uh um helping people get a lawyer helping people really get started there's so many things that have to happen to start a company Um, and it's not a bad thing it's not hard if you know what you're doing it just does take that effort and a lot of times people will want to do it uh, and there's this premise of oh i can build an app or build a new social network and become a billionaire if only that were the case then there would be a lot more billionaires out in the world right now but there's not it's a really hard thing to do to really get 
an organization off the ground to really get started. Um, and there's a lot of strategy and execution behind what needs to happen and a lot of resources and a lot of help. How do you build a team? How, what's a, when do you go for investment? And, and so it either can be a type of advisor along the path. It can be consulting to really get you ready for market introductions to resources, putting the playbook together, or even actually getting that first wave, the MVP, uh, the minimum viable product developed. Okay. Brian, how do you decide what companies or what individuals ideas you're going to take on at popcorn? Is it like the shark tank when you kind of interview them? How does that work? Um, you know, a lot of times when people are coming up with uh, ideas, I want to give honest feedback. Um, and, and that's something that I always ask people along the path. And, and this could be people who either I'm consulting with for popcorn or people who aren't hiring with Synapse or, or somewhere along there is um, when you come to me, are you coming for advice or are you coming for justification of what you want to do? Because those two things don't always go hand in hand. Sometimes advice really goes opposite of the way somebody's thinking. And I'm trying to really get be in a position where I can help a founder or be in a position where I can help an individual and try to think differently and try to think different paths. And they're not always going to take the advice, but are they at least willing to listen and take it into account, take it into consideration um, as to how you can propel yourself forward? Because if somebody gets down a path, whether they're launching their own company or they're an employee and they're so tunnel vision and it's their way or the highway, um, you really know what you're running up against. And if I come up against somebody who is in that type of a mindset, I'm probably just going to pass on it or introduce them to somebody else to help them along the way, because it's me just spinning my wheels. Um, I always like working with eager founders, people who are willing to think outside the box, people who are willing to push the envelope and people who are willing to, to listen and, and to understand that there is help out there. There's experts in other uh, places than where somebody's expertise is. And um, that's how you can uh, really get yourself set up for success. It was one of the first pieces of good advice that I ever got when I launched a uh, popcorn apps was uh, draw out the org chart, draw out the org chart of a business and put your name in all the boxes where your org chart in the org chart. And so if you think about it, CEO, CTO, CMO, COO across the board, are you as good at marketing as you are at technology? Are you as good at marketing or at revenue and sales as you are at operations? And if the answer is no, get some advice, ask someone for some help or bring on some team members who can really help you. Right. I love that. That is great advice. Mm-hmm. Do they have to be at a certain stage in order for you to help them like, a, you know, so far along in their business plan? No, I, I actually like things when they're really early. Uh, um, when you're just kind of that idea, it, it's you have an idea, you have, know something, you've put thought behind it. It's not just something that's unflushed and thinking for the first time um, about this. So you've really started to put down, you may might have put down the initial stages of a business plan, maybe done some initial drawings, but from there, it's really moldable still. Um, you're still at such an early stage that you can craft what you're looking for um, and, and where you're going in the direction you're going in a big way. Right. So tell us about Communities, Inc. How did you, uh, where did that stem so- from? Yeah, Communities Inc. is really an interesting organization, and this works alongside some Synapse co-founders, um, Andy Hafer, Mark Blumenthal, 
Lauren Prager. And the premise of it is that there's a lot of communities out there um, that really can build and scale together. And there's economies of scale when you're building communities together in certain lights. So it's something that's been a, a little bit of a pet project or a side project for all of us for a, a little bit, but trying to set up different methodologies. So whether it's you can put together software, community management, team management, et cetera, um, as to what that might take and how can we do that in multiple places all at one time. Um, it, it's something that really has kind of stayed um a little bit back burner, especially compared to the other two, I, I would say it gets a little bit of attention. Um, but it's something that is um, really starting to come to light a little bit more, especially in the COVID age, um, where people are feeling so disconnected, that how do we find ways to help people get and stay connected? Right. At what point when when you were kind of knee deep in popcorn apps, did you feel like, oh yeah, let's, let's create another company. <laughs> so, um, I was actually knee deep in popcorn apps while I was working full time with uh, another organization an enterprise company. I was managing about a $25 million software development global going to Paris a couple of times a year for to do client visits, um, which sounds glamorous on the surface but was miserable on the inside. Uh, I mean, every day I went to work, I felt like a little part of me was dying. And, and no offense to that company by any means, it just was more me. Um, and, and I'm not set up that way and I'm not wired that way. And so I was, um, I had this side hustle uh, of popcorn apps and it was something that was profitable and doing decently, but not enough to pay for a wife and kids and mortgage and, <laughs> and the family life that I was really trying to help to build. Um, and I started doing a little bit of research in 2016 as to what was going on. Why was it not going to the next level? And one of the places that I started to do a little bit of research was on the Tampa Bay market. And is it Tampa Bay? Like, Is what I'm doing here just destined to fail because I'm doing this here in this market? And it was one of those, I didn't think the answer was yes, that it was destined to fail. Um, I, I really, but I wanted to rule it out. And so as I started to dig in, I started asking a couple of questions and then I asked a couple of more questions. And, and then I had a, a absolute stroke of good luck in, in April of 2016 when I went to a talk by Jeff Finnick. And, and Jeff, um, I grew up hockey fan, lightning fan, born and raised in Tampa Bay. I've been going to games, lightning games since 1992, their first year in existence. Figured out here and talk about hockey. The real estate development was really starting to make news. And he spent a good 10, 15 minutes talking about this concept of an innovation hub that he wanted to launch. And so I went up to him after the talk and just said, hey, I'd love to find a way to help. He gave me his card, sent him an email a couple of days later. And within an hour, he wrote back saying, my assistant's on copy. Let's have a meeting. Um, absolute good luck. Absolute good fortune. I, I'm still I, I thank him to this day multiple times uh, for taking that meeting. Um, because that was my moment of saying, oh, crap, now I have to actually learn what I'm talking about here <laughs> and, and really digging in and doing some real research, knowing that it wasn't just me who was doing this now, that there are other people out there. Um, and that's what actually put me on the path to learning a lot of the things that launched into Synapse today. Um, and, and then even about two months after that, I was at a barbecue at a friend's father-in-law's house and I started talking to the guy's father-in-law over 
the grill and over a couple of beers. And, and as we were talking, turned out he was doing the same research as I was. And that's how I met Mark Blumenthal, who ended up being Synapse co-founder. Um, so really it was, you know, working this full-time job, having this side hustle led me to wanting to do something bigger and dig in for research and trying to see where this is all coming from. Um, and that really dove into what became Synapse as we all know it today. So tell tell our listeners exactly what Synapse is, because I mean, the people here in Tampa, I feel like most people do know what it is. They're very familiar, but for the for the listeners that are not here in Tampa who may have not have heard of it, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so Synapse is a nonprofit organization, a 501c3, with a vision of helping to make Florida the world's next great innovation community. And if you think about that, you go back just a couple of short years, if you said innovation community, two words would come to mind all the time, and that's Silicon Valley. And that's just about it. Um, some people say Chicago, New York, Tel Aviv is known and Israel is known as startup nation, but major markets is where a lot of the big companies are and where they want to be. We have this vision of taking Florida and saying, how do we start to transform it? So companies want to move here. Companies want to stay here. People are building companies here. Uh, investors want to invest here. And it's a really big, grandiose vision. And as we dug in and we discovered a lot of the problems, we set off on this mission to connect, to organize, and to celebrate this community that we have, noting that there's a lot of great resources already here. A lot of really cool stuff is happening, whether it's in Tampa, the Tampa Bay market, or around the state. It's just people don't know about it. It's hard to connect. People don't talk to each other. We're not talking about the wins in, a, in big enough ways. And that as a whole um, are really big problems to solve with even bigger potential outcomes. Um, and, and we've started to see it. So we launched this. We really, I, I quit my last, what I'll call day job in 2017, um, July, 2017, and um, started working on this. We launched publicly going on probably about March of 2018 at our first Synapse Summit. And that really started to get us, us moving. And we started to see, um, positive windfall out of it almost immediately, whether it was companies getting investment, partnerships being made, people getting jobs. And now a couple of years later, now we're starting to see companies relocate their headquarters here, investment funds, opening up massive offices in Miami, uh, Pfizer opening up a big place here in the Tampa Bay market. There's a lot relating to innovation in the health tech space that, that's going to be right under their nose. Cybersecurity is becoming a hub right here and not just, okay, we're going to be a company. It is the place. It's becoming the place to go. We have cybersecurity accelerators now, something that we've ne never would have dreamed of five years ago. It's all starting to happen. Um, we're still in a very early growth stage here, um, which is a really fun opportunity. Uh, everybody, and I mean that when I say that, that term, everybody has an opportunity to have impact and an opportunity to be a leader. If you're willing to put in the work and you're willing to be a part of this, um, you really can have that positive impact. And in markets like San Francisco and Austin and Los Angeles and New York, unless you're a billionaire, you're not moving the needle. Right. Here, we have people who are moving the needle every single day. And those opportunities do not come very often. Right. right. That's a great point. I feel like Tampa 
you know, it's still small enough and, and still early enough where you can come in and make a, a big difference. And Synapse helps people do that, right? By putting people together, making introductions, making people aware of companies that are out there. Yeah, a lot of the premise is helping people get connected. Um, you know, there are tools like LinkedIn that are out there, but LinkedIn has become a sales tool and a bit of a jumbled mess. And we really want to help people find the right person or the right organization to get on that next step to success. Success can be defined in multiple ways for multiple people, whatever success you're going towards, whether it's a new customer or a new investment or growing your company. Um, and we really want to help people find that next step so they can be on the path so they're enabled to be successful. Next path. The next path. <laughs> I like it. That was completely unintentional. Um, I, 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 wow. I, you're welcome. <laughs> No side side question, Brian. Do you think that um, just with everything that happened last year with COVID, right, and just kind of how Florida has really tried to stay more open than not, um, those types of things? Maybe do you feel like that has also helped with just the connection of uh, of this whole innovation hub? Uh, I. I do think Florida's got a lot of positive opportunities Um, and whether it has to do with Florida being a little bit more open than other states, I would say it probably has to do with um, the financial side of Florida, the business side of Florida. We're, you know, a tax free state when it comes to income tax. And so businesses can really be paying their people less off the top um, or out of their pocket and still, um, the people, uh, the employees and the team members are still making the same amount of money. It's a lower cost of living. Um, And also there's something to be said for having space. Um, You know, my wife and I are a family. We live in a a house in a great area of Tampa with a a decent sized property. Um, And for the same price in LA, we debated moving to Los Angeles in the early, maybe 2014 or so. Um, since she's from there, we met when I lived out in LA, uh, it, it would have been a two bedroom condo. Right. Um, you know, you're talking a very vast difference. And in this COVID time, one of the things that happened, especially in lockdowns and quarantines is people were starting to get that cabin fever mentality. When you live in New York and you have to go up an elevator and a cramped elevator and that you might have to wait in line for to just to bring groceries upstairs versus driving up to your place and opening your garage and walking inside and playing in your backyard, it's a very big difference in terms of quality of life. Um, We were recently talking with um, a gentleman named Stephen Galanis, who's the CEO of Cameo. It's a growing organization. It's a great company. He's going to be one of our keynote speakers at the summit upcoming in March. Um, And if you don't know what Cameo is, check out Cameo.com. You can hire celebrities to video record messages of the, um, based on what you want. So if you want to wish somebody a happy birthday, utilizing Meredith from the office, you can. Um, but he recently relocated from Chicago to Miami. And, and when we were asking him why, he would, his answer is like, why not? It's freaking awesome here. 
Um, and now he gets to live a Miami lifestyle. A guy who on Twitter is Mr. 312, so thinking area code. Now we know he can't turn into Mr. 305 because no. uh, I believe Pitbull's got that one. <laughs> He's got down. that one covered, yes. Uh, <laughs> but he loves that lifestyle comparatively to what life was like in the early stages. And now that we're in a more remote workforce, um, people can work remotely. It, it kind of gives you that freedom to say, why not? Right. Right. We, you're right. I mean, I'm, I'm completely biased when it comes to Florida. I mean, it's so beautiful and all of those points are, are dead on. I mean, why wouldn't you want to come here as a business? Yeah. And, and I, I mean, we try to promote it a lot. One of the things we're really trying to work on it is that news cycle and telling the cool stories um, people will give me a hard time a lot because I often will rattle off uh, a couple of things that we're most known for, like hurricanes and alligators and Florida man and on and <laughs> on and on. Um, but we really have a lot of good stuff. And if we can just talk about it, we can spread that message. Um, it, it's why we often use the hashtag and the tagline innovation lives here, because that's what we're trying to convey to the world, not just within the state, but outside the state. Um, at first, it was like we had to convince ourselves, and now we're convincing people outside. Innovation lives here. I like that. So um, for 2021, Synapse is 100% virtual, correct? Uh, 90-something percent. We have a couple of small get-togethers, a, a couple of VIP things that are going on in person that are very small. But um, our summit, you know, we had 7,000 people show up at Amelie Arena in uh 2020 in February, kind of like the last big party in town um, and, and health and safety of everybody is important. And mm -hmm. while we would love to be able to get everybody back under one roof um, as quickly as humanly possible, we also want to do it as safely as possible and also not want to put somebody in the awkward position of having to choose between going to something they want to go to or their own health, safety, sanity, mental health, whatever it is. So um, we wanted to bring it to everybody and, and really enable the world to participate in a big way. Right. Which I think is really cool. Like it has enabled, you know, that whole aspect of it being virtual. It has, I mean, there it has its pluses and its minuses, but so many more people now across the world, like you said, are able to participate and yeah. involved with it. And, and that was one of the hard things that we had to do. It was a very hard decision. Um, and canceling the summit was even an option uh, when we came down to what do we want to do? But so much momentum has been built over these last few years that we wanted to keep it up. And then we wanted to throw out kind of the old format and say, how does this work? And what opportunities are here? What's working and what's not working? So for people who have been paying attention, we actually ran two smaller virtual events in 2020, one over the summer, one in the fall. Um, and we called them Synapse Converge. Um, we called them that for very intentional purposes because that was the first time for the community to really come together and converge together in a big way um, throughout the calendar year while we were in lockdown or as things were opening up still in November, the world was still pretty locked down at that time. And now that gave us a chance to, to take some lessons learned what is good and what's not good. So we learned long sessions, hour long sessions are not good. Uh, in the virtual world, people really have shorter attention spans um, and that's perfectly okay. You can get a lot more information out in 15 to 30 minutes 
um, versus 45 to 60 minutes than you think. And you can be a lot more pointed in what you're saying. And also you can have speakers who pre-record a session, but then can still do live Q&A using chat and you, in the chat window. And that way they're still answering questions and you're kind of killing two birds with one stone and being um, a lot more active. We also learned um, networking is hard. Um, and, and that's one thing that people really are missing out on. And going back to our mission, that connection piece is a very big piece of what we do. Um, but it's a really hard thing in this virtual space and in this disconnected space and in this quarantine space that a lot of us are still living in. So we really wanted to find a way to help people with those connections. And we made a major investment um, and a partnership with an organization called Brella, which is a software tool that utilizes artificial intelligence to help with your networking. And so what you do with that is you put in a little information about yourself and you say what you're looking for. And then it tells you who you should connect with based on other people who are already in the system. So you're really getting that warm introduction. So instead of walking and having a drink at a bar with somebody where they say, oh, have you met this person over here? Um, the tool's doing it for you. And it's um, something that is very, it's very cool to see. Um, TechCrunch has used it. Other conferences have used it. They say in best practices, people get on average about 12 to 15 meetings based on this uh, software. And so if you go, if you were to spend 49 bucks and get 10 meetings that are meaningful to you or 12 meetings or 15, uh, man, that's worth every penny. It's um, that's so many opportunities to help progress yourself forward. We're really looking forward to that and opening up the doors to make those connections um, take place very efficiently. No, that's, that's a great idea. And that's very cool. Yeah, absolutely. I love how just the, the roadblock has essentially become like a new door for you, right. In this, in this synapse um, world. I think that's great. Yeah. Well, and that's, uh, I mean, if you, you were looking back and going into popcorn apps and stuff, the roadblocks, oh, it often end up being the opportunities. Uh, and um, a lot of successful entrepreneurs who are out there, people who have launched businesses, scaled businesses, that's what they live with on, on a day-to-day basis is what are those roadblocks and how do we get past them? Um, and, and so we're really looking forward as an organization here to um, to really doing this in a, a very strong manner and, and doing this in a way that still brings that brand presence that Synapse has built over the last few years, which is big and grandiose and big name speakers and really effectively showcasing what we have from our stages. And Brian, I think that's a huge, like what we call boss bite that you just mentioned, how the roadblocks that you encounter often do become your opportunities. I don't think the average person sees it that way. And I think it's important to highlight it in that way. You know, you really should, you know, look at those roadblocks as possible opportunities, as something positive, turn it into something positive. I think that hopefully will resonate a lot with, with the listeners. Well, there's always two paths when you hit a roadblock. Uh, One is you accept it and you say, all right, fine, I'm done. And the other is you say, what's my opportunity here? Where's the growth? Where's, how do I get around this? How do I move this? How do I, how do I build on this? Um, And how do I use it to my advantage? 
And uh, there's a famous quote that I'm going to butcher horribly by Thomas Edison, uh, but it was something along the lines of the, the people who are successful are the ones who just kept overcoming the failure or who didn't say no that one extra time. Um, and that's what you, a lot of people see when they're starting a company is there's some type of issue that comes up. And then some, there's a percentage of people, and I don't know what it is. I could make up a number, but all we know is 63% of statistics are made up. Um, <laughs> thank you. Appreciate that. Um, it's um, a, a significant number. We'll say, all right, fine. I can't do this. I'm done. Then they'll keep, but the other ha- the other percentage will keep going. Then they'll hit another roadblock and a percentage of that will say, all right, I can't do this. I'm done. And there's always so many reasons. It could be a, a team or a personal thing. It, it could be just a, it could be a money thing. It could be, who knows? An investor says no. Um, but everybody, everybody, everybody who's out there, who's successful that you heard about has run into these roadblocks time and time again. And they're the ones who are just unafraid. Look at Elon Musk. I, I mean, he's been through a ton of them. Look at, old pictures of Jeff Bezos launching Amazon on a single chair. And how many times did Steve Jobs create failures um, until the nineties came around and the iMac came out? Yep. Walt really, Disney as well. Yeah, absolutely. Walt Disney. I mean, one of my favorite stories, actually, Walt Disney world almost never came into existence in Orlando as we know it, because um, right around the time they were breaking ground, Walt Disney died. Um, unfortunately, and his younger brother or no, his older brother, Roy Disney had to basically say, do I execute on this vision or do I say, look, this was a good idea, but the brains behind this aren't here anymore. And we are just not going to be able to to pull this off. And Roy said, forget it. Let's do this. Let's figure this out. And so he really became Um, the guy who pushed it and who made it happen at the end of the day. Right. Right. Yeah. It's all those, I mean, you can consider them failures or you can consider them the things that the steps that took you to get to the, you know, the right answer, the um, discovery. Yep. It's, I always love stories, movies, whatever. Um, I was just the other day, the Martian was on TV, the Matthew Damon movie and and the closing scene of it it, is something in, in a way entrepreneurs can really think. And he was like, I could have done this and I would have died. And I could have done this and I could have accepted this and I would have died. I could have, and my only choice was to keep pushing so I could keep living. Mm-hmm. And that when you are launching a company and building a company and growing a company has to be the mentality. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So um, just wanted to, to bring up the dates of Synapse really quick because it's coming up March 8th through 11th. March 8th through 11th. We are excited. Um, It it is going to be here before we know it. Um, We have some amazing headlining speakers, um, such as Damon John from Shark Tank. Uh, I had mentioned Stephen Galanis earlier uh, from Cameo. Tammy Hodo out of Jacksonville, who innovates the way people think in the diverse workforce. Um, And we've recently announced our our final main keynotes, a panel session with Steve Young and Jerry Rice, uh, NFL Hall of Famers, who have opened up what are called 8 to 80 zones based out of Miami and Tampa and other places, Atlanta, San Francisco, uh, which are esports facilities to help teach STEM education to inner city youth. Um, and, and utilizing this as part of their give back and part of through their foundations, 
um, and the Forever Young Foundation and all the amazing things that they do and what they learned. I mean, Hall of Fame careers, both on and off the field. So we're really bringing these levels of access in a big way. Um, Super excited. And the best part is tickets are free. Um, The general admission to be able to come to these sessions, 100% free, just go register synapsesummit.com. My only ask for people, two things. One is you sign up and two is you show up. Uh, Come to at least one session, learn something new, celebrate an innovator in Florida, discover a new innovator in Florida, engage with an innovator in Florida, uh, um, and just see what happens from there. Because just by showing up, you're opening up your doors of opportunity. And this one all will be intentional for your next path to success. Yes. Love it. <laughs> um, and we'll include the link in our show notes as well. So that way people can have easy access to it and can click right on the link and go to it and sign up and register. Yep. Um, look forward to having as many of you as possible. attendance for the listeners, right? Yes. Yes. (laughs) We're excited about it. We've been involved in Synapse, I think, since Since it started. Since we started NextPath as well. Um, So we are looking forward to it. I know there's a lot of great panels, a lot of great speakers. So we're definitely excited for it. Yeah, absolutely. And one more random question before we let you go, Brian. (laughs) So on your bio, it says that you are a rocket scientist. Yeah, we were uh, tell us about yeah. that. We're so my background is in aerospace engineering. Um, I got a bachelor's in aerospace engineering from the University of Michigan and a master's from the University of Florida. My first job was with Northrop Grumman based in Los Angeles, pre-flight testing satellites and then working um, data analysis for assembly lines for a couple of different fighter jets, B-2 Stealth uh, mm-hmm. and, and some drones back in the 2007, 8, 9 timeframe. Um, I've always had a major passion for airplanes and for flight. Uh, I think I watched Top Gun at a way too early of an age. And the <laughs> reason I can say that is because I know for my seventh birthday, I got a cat named Tim Maverick. Um, <laughs> and, and so if I was seven and already watching Top Gun, then that's, you know, thinking now my, my kids are six and they definitely have not watched it yet. So right. uh, I got to get them going on it. Um, <laughs> Me too. It, it's, that's awesome. uh, but always fascinated with flight, always fascinated, um, learning how to make things just go really fast um, and beyond what we're doing nowadays, which is um, the standard flight, uh, things that I was studying, how do things fly faster than the speed of sound, um, including getting up to Mach 10, Mach 15, 10 to 15 times the speed of sound. And it's another speaker and actually going to have, a, we're going to have a lot of fun with a gentleman named Tom Weiss from Arion Supersonic, who is building out of the East coast of Florida, um, a supersonic commercial jet that is actually e- so eco-friendly. It sucks carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere. Wow. Um, my and, jaw and, literally just dropped. <laughs> like that is, that's uh, amazing. My jaw dropped when I was reading about it. I had never heard about this and we got connected through um, somebody I forget which organization it was. And you got to talk to this guy. You got to talk to this guy. So I'm so excited to interview him and to learn more about it and to hear more. Um, and, and of course, to put him on the spot and ask me when I can take a test flight with him and it, where will he fly me? Because I cannot wait to see that come to fruition. And it's a couple of short years away. It's happening right on the East Coast of Florida. So Amazing. Uh, I. I could go on for hours about this. Uh, this is where I start to geek out. And nerd out. I love it. I love it. No, I mean, come on. Rockets, 
rocket scientist. I had to ask. That's too cool. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yep. And, and that's if Twitter handle the rocket man BK, because, uh, a somebody set that up for me as a gag way back when Twitter started and I just kept it from there, but I always want to give an ode back to the rocket scientist days. (laughs) So how does that relate to what you do now? Like, do you, do you like put any of that same knowledge or anything? Um, The only way that it truly relates is at least once a day, I say something that we're doing is not rocket science. (laughs) Um, No, in all seriousness, it's more of the thought process because a lot of uh, engineering on that level is problem solving and utilizing a problem solving mentality. And in operations and business and leadership, there's a lot of problems to be solved. Um, Scott Price from Align, I heard him talk a a couple of months ago and he said something along the lines of, as a CEO, it's not like someone's coming to you all day with good news. They're just coming to you with bad news. Like nobody's knocking on your office door being like, hey, I just opened a drawer and found $500,000 cash. We should deposit it. It's it's always, hey, we're over budgeted. We're behind schedule. Solve my problem. And so it's how do we help solve the problems? Right. I love that. Problem solving. Right. Relate that to any part of your life. It relate that to any part of the life. And that can be in business. It can be in home. It's just a different mentality. Right. And I feel like just as you spoke about your rocket science background, right? How passionate you were, you are just as passionate or more passionate about Synapse, about Communities Incorporated, about Popcorn Apps. So you're just carrying on that passion. You're, you're, you're making sure that whatever you're working on is your passion you pour that into into your work uh, and i always want to love what i do um it, it's people there's the old cliche of you know do what you love and it's not a job and that's why i always like to say when i left my last day job in 2017 because these last few years last three and a half years i've never worked harder i've never been more stressed i've never lost more sleep o- over work and I've also never had more fun and I've also never been happier and enjoyed what I'm doing than in these last few years. And particularly with the synapse work and having so much pride in this community in the growth that has taken place across the state and seeing how it comes together and enabling so many people to build successful companies. Yes. I love that. I think that's a common theme that we hear from people that we talk to the entrepreneurs because they talk about how all the hard work and you know, all the sleepless nights, but it doesn't feel like work because you're passionate about it and you're having fun while you're doing it. something that you love to do. So having that sense of ownership for yourself, for the mission, um, it's not just about the money. And there's so many entrepreneurs that are building, growing businesses that are a couple hundred thousand dollar businesses, a couple million dollar businesses. They're not always going to be the billionaire businesses and the 10 figure businesses you hear about, um, but they are so happy. They are so thrilled on a day-to-day basis for what they do and who they're serving. Um, And that is what is so meaningful at the end of the day. I love that. That resonates well with us. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a good, you know, stopping point and thing to remember. Um, Today was awesome, Brian. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and your passion with us. Well, thank you for having me and, and, you know, um, uh, always appreciate this and always appreciate um, finding ways to help uh, and trying to find ways for people who are either starting a business or just wanting to be a part of this community to uh, to be supportive one way or another. 
right? I feel like um, Synapse and Live Bold and Boss Up, you know, we have a common mission. We have a common passion, just reaching people and, you know, helping people in any way that we can. Um, So, you know, thank you for letting us, you know, talk about Synapse and we're looking forward to Synapse in the upcoming weeks. Um, also, thank you to NextPath Career Partners for all of your support. NextPath, we are a full service staffing agency that focuses on helping companies hire sales, marketing, technology people to help grow their companies. And until next time, guys, live bold and boss up. This is a Rock Stops Here with Rock Riley Quick Fix on Radio Influence. You may have seen former NFL wide receiver Vincent Jackson passed away. He was only 38 years old. I know him, had an interview to talk, interviewed him a couple of times, covered him when he played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He came from the San Diego Chargers, a good wide receiver. But more importantly, what he did for military families, he was a a military brat. And so he knows how hard it is on kids when you got to move and you're a couple of years and then you got to move. You know, I can't imagine that. You know, I grew up in one town, Dover, New Jersey. I was there all the way through college. And but I mean, it was stability. You know, you knew you knew the neighborhood, you knew your friends, you, you, you know, there's something about stability, but he was all and he knows how hard that can be on a family. So he's made it his mission, uh, his foundation. And that's he's just a great guy. But when I heard about his death and it's somebody like that, I knew and he's 38 years old and he was in great shape, about six, five, handsome man, real personable. You know, no big ego, great dude. And you're like, wow, that guy's got it together. And then you see he dies at 38 years old. Here's my little story on this, okay? When you cover a team, and things have changed now. I don't think we're ever going back to a locker room. But you go into a locker room, you get some what they call sound bites. You don't really know the players. If you're there every single day, you do kind of get to know them. But still, you don't know what happens when they leave the facility. It's like that in life for any of us. You think you know about somebody, but you know, you don't know. I know a good buddy of mine back in Jersey would always say, you don't know what goes on behind closed doors. You have no idea. You really don't. The Rock Stops here with longtime radio and TV personality Rock Riley is found anywhere you find podcasts and RadioInfluence.com.